Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The beautiful borough of Buffalo. <laughs> After, of course, Russ, it was, I was told that it was the, one of the best days, fall days here. It was sunny. It was dry. It was a little windy, but nice. And I come back yesterday, yeah. And I come back. I come back last night, and at, just as I cross the border and, and it, from from Ontario to Niagara Falls, it starts raining. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it was misty here today, but it's still kind of warm in the sixties, so not bad. Yeah. So, um, just you know, Russ has some pre-show stuff. We have a music thing that we're going to talk about when Act gets on. But uh, just to say, Game One of the World Series, I believe, starts tonight, right? Yep. Uh, Houston and the um, and the uh, Washington Nationals. I'm definitely, I definitely have my W uh, hat and we'll have my red and white pom poms. Um, somebody told me though that the Washington Nationals, the W is very reminiscent of the Walgreens pharmacy. That's very close. The it's Walgreens very- script, a little different script at the end, but it's very close. Yeah, it's it, it's it, it's practically. I mean, they're very, very close. Yeah. Um, okay, we're we're in the, we're live and we're in the pre-show here. So, Russ, okay, go ahead. I'll, back a sec, I'll go with my secondary pre-show thing for a second. So, the um, Rise of the Skywalker trailer ran yesterday. The final yeah, one. Yeah. Was it good? And I don't know. Really sad. Like, if they wanted to hype me up, they did the opposite sure. because they showed C three PO on life support, mm-hmm. basically. They showed C three. No, really. I mean, this is no joke. This no, they did. Show, I heard about it. They showed C three PO with like four wires, and the wires are running to this little droidy guy who's got a weird face, who's like working on him, and and you can see like the eyes are fading a little bit, and he's like, "Well, at least I get to see my friends again." And I'm thinking, this is like last fights for C three PO, like he's in hospice, like how. Like, that was my first thought. This is the. You, did you remember the the third alien? The, you know, obviously, the the original alien, and then the aliens. Yeah. Uh, with that was direct. The third one. Yeah, the James the James Cameron one, whichever was phenomenal and very popular. And then they did a third one. It was it was one of David Fincher's first movies. Okay. And the the android. That was sort of the hero of the second one because he wasn't like somebody who stabbed Ripley in the back. It was somebody who actually helped him. They they basically found him in the wreckage, and she like attaches like two uh, two uh, wires to him, and he's like this headless thing with like white liquid coming out of his head, and you know she gets a little information from him, and then she unplugs <laughs> him. It's like yeah. it's sort of like, it's sort of like that. Well, yeah. if you remember, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the other movies, other Star Wars movies, but this is not the first time that C-3PO has been, like, completely and utterly destroyed. Like he no, is- no, no, I've seen that. But this was different. The tone of this was like, this is the last time you're going to see this guy. Yeah. Which is, 
And so I immediately got sad rather than happy that this movie is yeah. coming out. No, and that's kind of true because I mean, of all of, of all the characters, he has been in the most Star Wars movies. Like he's right. in every single one of them. Um, and you know, even more so than R two D two. Now I have a question for you, Ak. If you yeah. think you're a Star Wars expert, nobody could answer this on the internet yesterday. How did Chewbacca learn to fly? Because I think he's phony. Every you got to figure way into the future, everything has autopilot. He doesn't need to do anything, <laughs> but they take Han Solo into the fact that he could fly. They All say right, here's, here's my theory. Okay, so I mean, okay. everything has autopilot. Like we have auto self-driving cars. Mike, just relax. We'll be food. We have self-driving cars, <laughs> and um, we have self-driving cars now, right? So. Right. You know, and now there's a big controversy about this because some of the new Teslas already have this mode that if you park them in the parking lot and you hit, yeah. your, hit your app, they will pull up the car itself will pull up and pick you up at the curb. Um, right. So I, I can't see how this could possibly go wrong. Right. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no there's no way this could. So my theory is autopilot at some point in the future had a horrific thing happen to it. And we just decided that we're not going to let computers fly our devices. OK, we, we have to get to the. We have to Doesn't get that that could happen. That could happen. We have to get to this. And it actually is the galaxy. And then oh yeah, you know what? Sorry. It was brought up in our chat room that it had happened a long time ago, Russ. Remember, this is a galaxy far, far away a long time ago in a galaxy. Yeah, far, yeah far. but there's no proof of it. It's Show all, me the proof. It's all a cheap copy of Star Trek. Um, okay, now yeah. we, I'm gonna split this over two days because we cannot do the the injustice of this list justice in just a five-minute little thing. Um, apparently the list is old. It's a, it's a, a more than a few years old, but somebody posted the Rolling Stone magazine list of top 100 singers of all time. Yeah. And I just have to, I, ha okay. I have to go through this and I'll just like, I'll take it in sections of 10 each. So we'll say, we'll let's do the top 20 and then we'll do more, more, uh, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. I, so, so read the top 20 and then we'll talk about like some good omissions. Yeah. Okay. So. Aretha Franklin is number one. I have no complaint. She's phenomenal. Ray Charles, number two. Okay. I have a problem, but go ahead. Keep going. I mean, great, but I mean, one. I don't see it. I know that's a bad joke, but I don't see it. Oh, God. One <laughs> critique of this, that's really bad. That's bad even for me, Russ. One opinion <laughs> did not express the opinions of hockeybuzz.com. Go ahead, one one critique of this list is it's very very heavily weighed on I would say the origins of rock and roll and not yeah. and they are like I'm sorry but there are people that come along in the 70s or 80s that are better than people in the 50s they were influential yeah. they were great you know maybe great songwriters but not the best singers because it says top 100 singers here's right. the, here's the ridiculousness okay. Sam Cooke, I think, is they had uh, they had uh, Elvis Presley third, they had Sam Cooke fourth. Okay, um, number five, this guy isn't even the best singer in his own band. John Lennon, great. Right. Paul McCartney is the singer in that band. Even John oh, Lennon right. probably would have said Paul McCartney was a better singer than 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 John Lennon. So yeah. give me a friggin', give me a friggin' break. I mean, oh, there's a we'll that John Lennon was much more versatile singer than Paul McCartney. Well, okay, but um, number six, Marvin Gaye. Mm -hmm. Number seven. Here is the most ridiculous one of them all. Number seven, Bob Dylan. <laughs> amazing, amazing <laughs> songwriter. 
you know, possibly one of the top five of all time in popular music. The guy could not sing. No, I think that's 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 a tough one. And but you know, the Bob Dylan fans, they just they love his singing. Like, and sometimes sometimes it does come down to this. Like, you know, I mean, he obviously can't sing as we in 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 what and how we define singing. <laughs> but um, but he was you know, but for what he did, like for whatever reason, people. You know, like I mean, I mean, I I've turned so many people. I've tried to turn people onto yes, and people can't get past John Anderson's voice. So there's certain things that oh, definitely are. That's one of the attracting factors. But okay, so no, but, you know, no, but, but it's not for everybody. But we'll talk about that after. Go. So okay, yeah. so so uh, okay, in the top ten in terms of, um, I would say either Motown or, you know, early um, foundational people of rock and roll, either in blues or soul or whatever. You have Aretha Franklin, one, Ray Charles, two, Elvis, three, Sam Cooke, four, Marvin Gaye, six, Otis Redding, eight, Stevie Wonder, nine, and James Brown, 10. I somehow think that this was a little off kilter. Because yeah, I, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going for the next okay. time. Okay. 11, Paul McCartney. 12, Little Richard. Are you kidding me? Uh, 13, Roy Orbison. 14, Al Green. 15, Robert Plant. 16, Mick Jagger. Not lead man, but singer. Lead, not, not, uh, 17, Tina Turner. 18, Freddie Frickin' Mercury. Uh, 19, Bob Marley, and 20, Smokey Robinson. Very too heavy on the Motown, too heavy on R&B, 50s, foundation of, foundations of rock, and not enough of the people who are, I would say, are the best singers in rock. Right. So I'll give you the ones that I think are glaring omissions. Like, Echo already said John Anderson, you could love him or hate him, but from a singing standpoint... He is a tremendous singer. He has his own range. People have copied him or tried to emulate him. Yeah. Obviously, he's a great singer. Peter Gabriel has sung so many different types of music right. that it's hard for me to believe he's not on this list because this is a guy who literally changed the way he did. You know, he went from prog rock to pop to like world music to everything. And he's got a great singing voice. No Peter Gabriel. No. Yeah. No, no, Phil Collins. Phil Collins is even better than Peter Gabriel. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, you know, we can debate it. I mean, goes. I mean, it is, it is debatable. But, but we're talking, you know, not, not, not no Phil Collins or, or or Gabriel in the top fifty. None in the top one hundred. But yet, Bruce Springsteen is thirty sixth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'll give you one more. If you're going to go heavy on the fifties, how do you not have Buddy Holly in there? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Holly in the top ten. Buddy so, Holly was the hottest thing for Elvis. Is Taylor Swift in the top twenty? No, this list was this list was probably before Taylor Swift really broke. When was this? Yeah. Like? It was probably I think it was like eight or nine years ago. No, okay. she was still in high school. Yeah, no. I mean, because there, I mean, there, there are people out now that are that are pretty phenomenal singers. No, no, no sting, oh, yeah. no sting, no Peter Gabriel, no Phil Collins, no Billy Joel. I mean, yeah, I know you have your problems with, with, with him. I don't have my problem with Billy Joel's voice. Right. Now, no, no Buddy, Billy, Joel, Billy Joel can definitely sing. He's a great singer. Buddy Holly is Buddy Holly is 49th. Oh, he's 49th. He should 48. be in the top 10. Right. So, uh, um, Getty, Lee, Getty Lee in there? No. 
We will, I'll, I'll save the I'll save the rest of this list because we want we don't want to do a prog yeah, rock we slap. At one point, but that that this is a, that's a good debate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a good one. No. Yeah. But, but, to, be, to be fair, I don't. I. I I don't have that problem with Billy Joel. People are like ripping me about that. No, that's not the case. But Billy yeah. Joel, the thing about Billy Joel for me is that he hasn't written a song since my children, who are now graduating high school, were alive. So I think he that's doesn't need to act. What? That's he an doesn't need to act. Yeah. No, no, he's a piece of. like you not you not going to a hockey game. Rest to Thomas still covering Smith in the hockey. chat. To Thomas Smith in the chat. No Lou Graham. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, um, and. Uh, Stevie Nicks is a good one too. That should be in there. Stevie no. Nicks is ninety eighth. Okay. Ninety eighth. Ninety eighth. Things are impossible. I mean, it's not like they battle it out in the in the ring with with lions. I mean, it's impossible. But we don't know like what's going on here. Just, 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 and I'll, I'll just say this because hmm. uh, then then we can start. A uh, hundredth is Mary J. Blige. Okay. I you know I I'm not a fan fan of her music, but she has a phenomenal voice. So I'll, I'll any, country, any country people on this list at all? Um, Willie Nelson is 88th. Um, okay, yeah. Steven Tyler is 99th. Joke. Uh, well, I, so not that I want to stick up for country, but if you have Willie Nelson and you don't have Hank Williams Sr., you don't have a country list. If you don't have John, Johnny Cash on that list, yeah, Johnny Cash is on it. Johnny Cash is 21st, but he's on, he's on that. But, but also along those lines, Johnny Cash, you definitely, you, you definitely need Hank Williams. You're right. There's no question about it. Or Patsy Klein, or right. Linda Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt should be in that list. Linda Ronstadt is in the top ten all the time. Okay, just I'm just putting yeah. that with. For, I can't forget. She is in the top ten all the time as far as just flat out singers go. Yeah, but Linda Ronstadt's not on the list, but Axl Rose is. <laughs> okay, let's start. <laughs> we'll continue. Welcome to the all right. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle, kids. All right, here we go. <laughs> like that that song has to be stopped. Like welcome to jungle, welcome to the jungle. At hockey games has to be stopped. It is. Yeah. It was cool twenty years ago, but let's it's just got to be stopped. That's my my, my, little, my little thing. I can't go to another hockey game. I hear them play welcome to the jungle every yeah. single. All right, here we go. Hello, hockey world. I won't, won't sing the introduction for you because I'm not on that list either. Um, hello, hockey world. It is. Tuesday, October twenty second. It's not Tuesday. It's Wednesday. No, it's, no, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. You got it right first. Oh, you shook your head, Mike. You confused me. You were talking about my singing voice, right? I'm sorry. I looked at you. Yeah. I always look for you. I always look to Mike for confirmation. I got the date right. All right. Hello, hockey world. It's Tuesday, October twenty second, two thousand and nineteen. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Michael Agello, and I'm thankful that the the Leafs have stopped playing "Sweet Caroline" at the Scotiabank Arena. Night, I'm Cohen, and 19 years ago today, I was sitting in the bleachers of Yankee Stadium watching that punk Roger Clemens for a piece of broken bat at Mike Piazza. Move <laughs> him. <laughs> I'm Eklund, and you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com, and uh, all another another name we have to say is Barbara Streisand for freak's sake. Um, all right. Oh. Um, and you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is Joe Morella, brother, up in the chat room. Um, you are watching the podcast that comes every month. Sorry, I was doing this, doing this too, doing too many things at one time. Hello, hockey world. This is this is the hockey buzzcast on hockeybuzz.com. We come to you every Monday through Friday to fill you in on the hockey cock, uh, go, uh, on things. Okay, so, um, here we go. Uh, I want to also say that Funky Calls Zena won the chat today by saying Han Solo would only let Chewbacca fly the Millennium Falcon on the second day of back to back raids against the Death. <laughs> I'm 100% think that he wins the internet with that comment today. He does win it. 
Good one. Because I'm going to get into this um, in more depth because I dug deep into it today and I made beliefs. People love me. I'm sorry, Mike, about that. Um, you're going to have to deal with the backlash of that probably. But I, I, I really just completely and utterly think I've, I've caught something in Mike Babcock and in, in his games and in, in his game plan, in his, in his methodology. And we'll get into that. Um, we do have an interesting thing though going on right now. Um, and that is the Red Wings have placed Erickson, longtime defenseman Erickson on waivers. Yeah. Uh, which, won't, which won't work. This is the akin, this is akin yeah. to the Island or to the, uh, the Habs putting uh, Carl Alsner on waivers. Nobody will claim him because he's making over 4 million bucks He's old, he's slow, and he's not particularly good anymore. But we, we talked about this when we did the preview of the Red Wings, um, probably in mid to late August. And looking at the, that defense that has three you know, octogenarians on the blue line, uh, Green, Daly, and Erickson, and how one of the big tasks uh, for Steve Eiserman this year is not only to try to move them you know, as rentals, and you know they might be able to move him by retaining half of his salary, and that would be a fix because you know maybe somebody um, has a need there and is just looking for an experienced guy. But it's not only them; it's Abdulkader, it's Helm, it's Glenn Denning. That's that's the main task ahead of Eiserman is to clear out what what you know what has been left over from the Ken Holland administration and Erickson being put on waivers maybe something where they're just trying to attract interest and then maybe they can work out a deal where they retain salary but he's not getting claimed no way well, this year there's not a couple a things going on here and people need to stop bothering stuttering guitarist in the chat in the in the not in the chat but in the on the comment thread apparently in on hockey buzz because he's getting ripped about being upset about this and and you know people have your freaking opinions believe me I, I can relate because uh, no one gets ripped more than me in those. No one gets ripped more than me in those comment threads. So you're in you're in good company if you consider me anything. Um, so here's the thing um, about this. I, I just texted some people as I right before we were right when you guys were starting to talk about something in the beginning there, and I missed it. But um, that's part of the reason I was confused. I'm hearing that he may not ever play again. That he's hurt, and that they're just, that this is something that this is some kind of bookkeeping thing. Okay. I don't know quite what that means. Well, I don't know why they'd have to put him through waivers. Yeah, but they, they don't. They don't. Unless, I mean, unless unless he's deciding he's going to go back to Sweden and and they're and they're terminating the contract. Maybe that's maybe this is a contract termination thing. He's hurt and something's up. And it's yeah, like, if he was if he was hurt, act they could put him on LTIR like they put France. Right. And they'd have to pay him. And perhaps so perhaps he's perhaps he's agreed with them that he's like you say he's going to go back to Sweden. He doesn't not looking to get paid for not playing or something like that. I think we need to give it a little bit of time to see how this plays out. This doesn't feel like a very Steve Eiserman like thing to do. Um, because I mean, yeah, granted, you know, he got, you know, he's he, just in general, I don't, I'm kind of surprised that Eiserman would do this. Um, if, if it is just to like, if it is, if this is just to try to send him down or if this is just to try to get somebody to pick him up, I don't know. I'm not so sure yet. I have to find out what exactly is going on with this, but, but there's a lot of um, but the Glenn Denning thing, right? <laughs> so he's also been placed in the waivers, correct? No, right? no, no, no. I'm just saying. Oh, no, I said that in the chat room. I was like, I no, that, that no, no, no. Okay, cool, cool. Anyway, um, all right. So this is to me. I I want to I want to wait a little bit before we kill Eiserman on this. Oh, I'm not, and, and I'm not. And I'm not at all. And I know you guys aren't going to kill him, but I think I think Wings fans will, and I think they have a right to it to a degree because, and I think that well, they they, they shouldn't. They, they shouldn't they shouldn't kill Eiserman because this is like 
task A of his. Uh, no, of his he's, he's, already, he's already on task B or C at this point, but I see what no. you're saying. But I think that he's, and listen, Eiserman I, has got a job to do. No questions asked, right? right? He is. He's got, he's got a job to do, but, um, you know, I know, I know, you know, they were saying that Erickson was Holland's guy and not Stevie Outweiss. Yeah, that's true. But CBY was Holland's guy too. They're all connected. This is like, to me, I'm going to wait a little bit to see like, and, and, and maybe this, maybe this is just the cold, hard reality of the, of the salary cap era and what's happening now and, and that he can't play or whatever, but, or maybe he thinks he mean, can play and the Leafs and the wings think he can't because he's the wings think he's hurt and they're doing this as a way to, there's a whole bunch of things that could be going on here as well. All right. So, I mean, you know, he played 17 minutes a game last year, which isn't bad, but he was a minus 10. They're going with 13 forwards. They brought up Evgeny Svechnikov. So obviously they looked at him, and for whatever reason, he hasn't played this year, yeah. whether that's Marshall's call, whether that's Erickson's call, who knows, but he hasn't played. Yeah. So if you're going to have a guy on the roster who's not playing, you're probably no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, extra forward. I don't disagree. Um, yeah. the, um, the other thing that happened right now, um, Lucas Pisa has been has been he's actually going to be signing with the Anaheim Ducks. So he's on waivers, but he's going to sign with the Ducks. I think they have to put him through waivers to sign him. Is that right or something? Right. Like that? Something like Correct. That. Yeah. Um, but Spiza will be, and this is a return, of course, because if you remember, Lucas Spiza was traded from the Flyers to the Ducks. Yeah, he's had such a weird career. Longer trade, like ages ago. So this and, he, and, he, and he played for the Islanders last year, I believe. And I like I him. And I, had, I he had he had one crazy bad moment. Like one crazy bad game that everybody remembers, right? With Lucas Pizza, which was which was the game, which was game seven for the Vegas Knights against the Capitals, where he made yeah. two glaring mistakes that led to the, you know, led to maybe the Vegas Knights not winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, it was that bad. But I think he was overused too for that. He was overused. But my yeah. favorite thing about him is still like the first draft I ever covered um, was the it was his draft, and he was drafted by the Flyers. My favorite thing about him forever, and this since we do music on this show, will be this too, is that I went up to him and I was like, you know, still new and I didn't really know how to interview prospects. And I was like, what am I going to, you know, say to him? I wanted to try to find something fun to say because I'm the internet guy at that point. And I'm like the only blogger credential besides, well, you're not, they, even, they never considered you a blogger, right? So, um, but that was a blogger no. credentialed, you know, so I was a blogger. Right. So people were looking at me like I had six heads, even though they would all write blogs a year later. Um, but they, they look so, and I went up to Lucas Pisa and I'm like, what am I going to say to him? And I asked him, you know, I, what, you know, what's your favorite music? You know, what's your favorite song? And he's like, oh, I listen to the same song every single day. It's my favorite song of all time. Um, it's Don't Stop Believing by Journey. That was, um, that's Lucas. And I thought that, I thought, okay. that's and cool. that's what, I mean, it's like a motivational song. And that's before the Sopranos killed that song. So, yeah, before Glee, Glee killed it before that. Um, all right. <laughs> so that's, that's, here's the weird thing. All right. So I'll give you. A yeah. quick little rundown on Spiza, too. So yeah. at the draft, for whatever reason, when it was his turn to talk, I have a picture that a photographer took of me. I was the only one who interviewed him. The only one. Really? I, have a picture. Really? I have the only one. I can show you that later. I can't pull it up right this second because I was looking for it. And I don't understand why. But he also roomed with Riley Cote. And, and so yeah. he became really close with, with that family. And it's interesting because he's a, he's one of those guys that remembers me. So when he comes back, it's nice to see. But I yeah. feel bad for him because they rushed him to the NHL. Yeah. Yep, they did. He wasn't ready, and it definitely stunted his career. I think he could have had a better career. It's a decent career. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I think he did have a pretty bad. decent career. Like he had a better career than people. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of times this happens where a defenseman is like maybe a top down draft pick or whatever. 
and they go on to have a very serviceable third slash three slash four defensive sure. career, you know? And it's like, but yeah. because they were a top pick or whatever, and because it maybe took them a little bit longer to get to that point, people think that they had a terrible career. And that's just not true. I mean, well, there's a lot of players, there's so many players like that. It's a, it's ironic because somebody, somebody asked online a couple days ago, name a player whose best year was their rookie year. And then they sort of, you know, it, it, maybe they didn't have a bad career, but after they played well as a rookie, that they, you know, they uh, they didn't live up to the expectations. Guys like Tyler, Tyler Myers, who won the Calder, never reached the expectations. Now, I don't know if it's, you know, Spisa is more of a guy he, I think got rushed. He's more like in the Luke Shen category where Luke yeah. Shen played really well as an 18-year-old, but they rushed him. They they heaped a whole bunch of minutes on him. He wasn't ready for, you know, to, to be the, the linchpin number one defenseman with the Leafs, and I think his career got ruined. Nobody will know what Spisa really was going to be because yeah. he was rushed early. Yeah. But now if you look at it, I mean, you look at the bottom part of the Anaheim defense right now, Russ, the – it, things have changed there because remember they had this endless, this bottomless supply of defensemen, and now Theodore's gone, and Patterson is gone. Yeah, they and they traded no. Vatanen, and now it's like you know now now you've now you've got you know you've got Fowler, you've got Manson, you've got uh, you've got Hampus Lindholm, you've got Jakob Larson who was one of their prospects, and then they're playing Corbinian Holzer. Right. So it yeah, it, it makes yeah have, they have lost depth. Here is that picture. I think this was – I want to say his draft was the Ottawa draft. It was, yeah, it was. I, mean, I, was, I was there, Russ. I actually did talk Where to Where were you? You're not in this picture. I, I, you know me. I don't go into the into this – into, into, into the into – the, uh, what do they call them? The whole scrums. Thing. Scrums. I'm not a scrum guy. I don't like being, I don't like being in there. Well, I, I feel like you're stealing other people's things. Well, so I, I, you have to because that's your, your – your, your But I, I found him. I interviewed him actually. I went up to – because I was the only – this was the crazy thing. Besides you, I mean, who are, you know, you're, you're credentialed for like the Rangers and Flyers and other teams and bunch of teams. Yeah. But I was the only, really only like Flyers guy at that draft. Yeah. 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 That's there true. Was, they sent nobody. They, there was no, nothing. No, the newspapers no. were all down. The Flyers didn't have anybody working for them. So it was right. uh, Zach Hill came up to me and said to me, um, do you want to talk to Spisa? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so we got, we got together. He brought, he brought okay. me and I interviewed him right in like, right. I was standing in the front of the draft thing and he was on the floor kind of, and we talked right there. Well, it, it, it's funny because, you know, because Russ and I have gone to the, to the, to the rookie, um, the, 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 the combine in Buffalo the last few years. And if you just limit it to like flyers draft picks, it was me and him, and I don't think there was anybody else who talked to this goaltender named Carter Hart in 2016. Yeah, I don't think there was anybody else. I don't and think there were. Wow. Yeah, and, and the following year, it was me and you talking to this kid named Morgan Frost. There may have been one other person for that one. Yeah. That's but the thing about the draft. You can definitely get a lot of private time because there's so many things happening yeah. so all over the place. But um, Adams run a little run a little cold with this, and it started with you know the expansion draft when they lost Theodore. Right. And not, you know, there are some teams that are very good at producing some areas and not others. Like an example in other sports, like the Phillies never produce pitching, right? They just right. very rare once every 10 years. Anaheim went through a streak there where they were producing a ton of defensemen and now it's gone a little dry. And that is a problem. It's not necessarily their problem because it's a problem of where they're picking, who's developing. It's, yeah. a, it's complicated. 
And the other right. and the other factor here is Brendan Gooley. I think just went on the IR, so yeah. you know they're they're, they're five six right now is Holzer and Michael Delzato. So they really needed needed some depth, and and Spiza at least is experienced and played in the NHL last year, so that makes a, a bit of sense. Yeah. yeah, it does make some sense. I mean, it is funny Delzato's really had an elongated career here too, but you know at the end of the day he could still skate and and he's still physical. And those things still matter, so he still gets a job. And so, yeah. but it's a little bit of an indictment on the Anaheim system for sure, because they should be better than that. They should. Yeah, they should be. They should be. They really should. I mean, and and they, they but in Anaheim, the funny thing about Anaheim is they went from like having remember too many defensemen yeah. to having none. Like in like very quickly, like they were like, oh, we got to get rid of some of these defensemen because you know we've got so many of them. Just like, give you an example on, like this year they they drafted a kid Jackson Lacombe, but he's out of high school, so he's probably right three to four to five years away. Yeah. Last year's draft, not a defenseman. Twenty sixteen, Josh Mahore is not a bad defenseman. Actually, he that's good. He's a guy, but again, he's twenty one. He's just started the AHL, so he's not ready. Then you go back to twenty fifteen, and you have Jakob Larson. Yeah. You know, and he's like, eh, he's yeah. okay, but he's not been what the rest of them have been. Right. And then you go, and then, and then you go back even further. And, I, and there was a guy, Stephen Ruggiero, who was a good guy, but he just never made it. Then you go back and Marcus Patterson, where well, they traded him. And so yeah. Brandon Montour, they traded him. That's yeah. it. Like, the pipeline. and then before that is Theodore, like the pipeline. And Vaughn, too. Yeah. They were expecting, I mean, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, just one other quick story that came to my mind about this, like being alive, being alone with a player that would eventually be a superstar, but no one else talked to him. Yeah. Um, I the first time I the first one of the second Stanley Cup final I covered was Ottawa and um, and Anaheim, and okay. that, yeah, that was yeah. So I was in Ottawa, and again, and in Ottawa there were this was really the downtime of journalism on in hockey and this series especially. There were less people. I mean, now the there's so many people in the press box because of all the internet people. But at that point, the NHL still wasn't happy. Like there weren't enough people writing on the internet. They still weren't happy, like giving people on the internet and the newspapers weren't sending people. And it used to be in the olden days that every, like every beat writer would go to the Stanley cup finals. If it was your team or not that, that and that was, that was stopping. Okay. So there were 15 people, 15 writers covering that series and every game like me. And well, I had somebody there, believe it or not. Yeah. I have this guy named Wallach Edwards. He was in Anaheim. And yeah. what was interesting was he was making fun of, at the time, Yahoo, who at that point in time was calling themselves Y Sports. Right. They were calling themselves Y Sports, exactly. And was it was, was, it, was, it, was it Wyshynski? It was not. It was pre Wyshynski. Yeah. No, at that point, then Greg will never admit that. Wyshynski was writing, wrote me a couple emails to try, try to write for hockey buzz. And that I have these emails. I kept them as, as you know, someday to use, use it, use in it in the court of law if I ever need them. But anyway, um, so no, but during that Ottawa series, during that Ottawa series, um, I'm in there and they, this was the first time that they had brought like the prospects of the next draft there and right. walks, all the prospects and the guy I sit down with for about 20 minutes and actually I have like a great discussion with him. We actually like, Grab some drinks, like some 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 like sodas from the bar, and just hung out there for a while. Was Alex Peter Angelo, and as I talked to Peter Angelo um, for, for for what seemed like forever, and found out you know that he was like an enormous um, video game guy, and like you know 
he his the thing he was most excited about was he could not wait until he could play himself on an NHL game, like an mm-hmm. EA sports. Like he thought that would be the coolest thing ever. Sure. So I found him a couple of years after that. I'm like, hey, you know, and he it's kind of thing that you're right, Russ. Like like Claude Rue will always remember me because I took a big interest in him before he was here. The, when you when you take an interest on guys when they're young like that and they meet you, they don't forget. You know, the, when you're one of the first people to talk to them. Ovechkin forgot me because I was the only one sitting in a booth with him in Tampa. Really? One on one, he certainly forgot well, me. He probably did. He probably was still trying to speak properly, right? So he's probably still. I like, know he wasn't bad, but he had his agent. We all but like for Mike exam. One of the things that makes Michael Jello, um, our hockey buzz Toronto Maple Leafs beat writer, so good is this fact that he has spent so much time covering the Marlies and, and meeting those guys yeah. and talking to them, and that is an enormous thing because. I tell every beat writer, every guy, I get so many emails and this is about like, how do you get into this? How do you get into this? And I always say, start something to cover your local AHL team. I say, yeah. oh, and cover your AHL team. Just, 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 just because if you start something good and looks professional and you're covering your AHL team um, and you're close enough to the city, that will work for you. Even if, even if it's just for the knowledge of the players, I mean, and I think really yeah. it's a great way to practice. It's not like you're going to get killed because no one's watching the games. You can write about them. You can write about your opinions. No one's seeing it. And you'll meet guys who will eventually, you'll, you'll learn how to interview people. You'll meet guys like Mike, for example, knows the, knows the Maple, knows the Marley's coach, you know, who was the coach there forever really well, who was now an assistant with the Leafs, right? Who's going to be like eventually the Leafs coach. Well, he's still um, the Marley's head coach. But oh, he's still the Marley's head coach, right? I'm sorry. And, you know, but you know him, you know, better than, better than a lot of those guys who didn't cover the Marley's because you've, you know, he'll, he'll recognize you. Yeah, yeah, you've talked to him. So, and because when you're there, there's only a few people in the in the locker rooms. But this is how Bill Meltzer got started covering the Phantoms. By the way, same kind of thing. It's hey, really I covered a lot of Phantoms games. A yeah, lot. it's a really important thing, and it's really easy to do. And if you want to cover an AHL team for Hockey Buzz, let me know because we'll 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 do something about that. We'll help you. We'll help you. We'll help you. Um, get in there too because we need AHL and get more people covering the AHL. Anyway, let's move on to something else. Um, well, you you wrote about you wrote about the Leafs. So. Yeah, well, let's touch that. Touch base on that last. Um, I want to come back to that for a second. Um, I want to come back to that one second. I do want to first talk about because we got so many people complaining that we diss the Flyers and we should diss them more often that they like go out and they do that. And they, they come out and they beat the Vegas Knights. The Flyers, by the way, I think have the best record against any team in the NHL against the Vegas Knights. Yes, but you have to you have to, you have to mitigate that victory. And Russ was there, but I'll, I'll just say this. Yeah. When you're playing against an AHL goaltender. Yeah. Oh yeah, a that, future star. That, I mean, you're, you're, if it was Carter Hart, you would have been seeing like two of the future stars in the NHL in goal. He's a good goalie, but he's 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 he's. A, you're right. Who Oscar Dansk? Yeah, he's good. He's, I, I believe in Oscar. Dansk. No, he's not good anymore. You don't think so? I do. I, I like no, the guy. No, he he might be better than Garrett Sparks, but he's not. He's yeah, not. he was horrible last night. He's not good. He's their number three because they don't have a deep system. If they had a better system, nah. no. All right. Okay. I, I don't know. I've always he, he he was. I covered him. He was with the Erie Otters, and he was an up and coming guy. But just the mental game, I think, is bad for him. And like you know, Mike pointed out, and I was there watching it. That Konechny goal was a mental one yeah. where it should never have happened. Yeah. 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 No, that that's true. That's true. Okay. So, but let's talk for the one thing I wanted to mention there. The, what was what was the deal with the raffle thing that he claims he doesn't want credit for one of the two goals. Oh, I don't know. I I'll be honest. I'm trying to find out exactly what it was. When it was five nothing, I left because I, I uh, said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I heard something that it was like very much like you know he was like ah you know I um I didn't score one of the goals or something. It's pretty funny. Typical Michael Raffle is like you know well, he better he better leave it alone because I have him in a fantasy league and I need those points. Yeah, people were joking about it. like you know what if he has like a bonus to get to twenty goals you know, um, <laughs> but uh 
that was that was kind of you know and besides that i mean it was another and it's so much this time of year we see it that the nhl is predictable is almost predict you can almost bet the nhl just by betting like a biorhythm of the nhl like there's this biorhythm yeah, it's hard to bet the NHL. No, you shouldn't bet the NHL ever. I tell people never, ever, ever bet the NHL. Um, I'm thinking. I'll I'm be thinking honest. I, I went one and two over the weekend for a friend who was in Vegas, and and I went one and two, and so they're no longer a friend. <laughs> so um, people are ribbing me about that. So I might be thinking of somebody else. I think I am. I think I. I think I'm thinking of another goalie. I'm. So I was gonna say, this, this is not, why not, you, not Malcolm Subban. It's I know Malcolm, Subban, but I'm thinking of somebody else. Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll figure this it out. Why you shouldn't bet it. One of the games was a shootout. One of the games, a goal was taken away in the yeah. shark game. Like, this is why you can't, it's not a good idea to bet these games. No, you should never bet them. But the one thing you can do is the NA is hockey more than any other sport is motivated by, by, you know, teams that need to win. All right. And, it, and it's like, we saw Dallas do it to the flyers. You know, they took mm -hmm. the flyers apart. And in a way after that game with Dallas and after the game with Edmonton, the Flyers definitely needed to win last night. And now we thought, and they're going up against a good team and they, they face a, a, a horrible goalie who I've never liked in Dansk. And, um, <laughs> and they, um, they get lucky in this whole thing. So they go from like this whole thing to, uh, they get, and, and they, and they win six two. you know, they score five goals in the second or four goals in the second period. Second, so, yeah. I mean, the bottom line is the NHL, if you're going to ever bet it, at least look at who needs to win the game. Because, I know, you know what else, like, like the other day, I'll give you a good example. The other day, Vancouver playing back to back, they get shut out by by the Devils, and then they go and they beat the Rangers. And the Rangers came back late in the game because they did lose their legs. Yeah, managed to edge out the game. Like these are the minute things where it's just like if you do gamble it, don't gamble with money you really need because yeah, no, 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 no. too many variables, too many. Not, yeah, but if, you, if you want a sure, if you want a sure bet, just bet the Patriots against the Jets. All right. So later today at three thirty, the 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 all time Winnipeg Jets will face the all time Toronto Maple Leafs on Twitch here, and I'll be I'll be. Is, is Michael Hutchinson playing goal? Uh, I've decided not to because the Leafs aren't playing back to back games. Um, <laughs> they were playing back to back games. I'm sure I would I would still not play them in this game because this is a game they should probably win. Is Joe Daly in net for Winnipeg? Uh, Winnipeg has been very controversial. Be Reddick, come on! Going to be goalie. People were saying Reddick. People were saying Senza. It's but you know our people over at Fungo Sports um, picked, and no one has really been able to prove that there's any better. And I actually said this the other day that there's that their best goalie may be Hellebuck. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. No, no, that may be true. But Joe so, Daly is certainly a guy that did well for them and was in the playoffs with them, I believe. Yeah, Not the NHL and the WHA one. I mean, the big thing is, the guys of Fungo Sport believe that Bobby Hull should play in that game, and I don't think so. Yeah. He, yes, Bobby Hull should play yeah. in that game. Did he play it in the NHL for the No, it doesn't, but it doesn't matter. The it doesn't matter. Game. It's an all-time winner. No, no, it, it, it's any all-time NHL. I mean, NHL. Okay, then, then no. But then no. play for the Jets. You, the you can't play Hedberg and Nielsen and, and Bobby Hull if, if it's just right. – Right, right, right. Okay, you can play those guys for the Rangers, right? Yeah, and and uh, Calgary. Not to not to bring a somber note here, but I'm sure Dale Howarchuk is on on the team, and I it just came out the, the last couple of days that he the reason he took a leave of absence from Barry as the head coach is that he's fighting stomach cancer. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, end the show here. Thanks, Mike. All right, but um, Broda or Brophy, Mike, who's the starter? I'm sorry. Broda or Brophy? Who's my starter in, in that game? Uh it's Bro it's Broda. Broda should start over Bauer. 
Broder over Bauer. Sorry, not Brophy. Mike Brophy. Mike Brophy's a great guy, but not a good goalie. Not Tom Brophy. He's too busy. Right, right, right. Okay, so we're going to now move on. So that game is at 3.30. I encourage all to watch here. Um, I think it's going to be a blast. And you should watch it. And you guys should watch it. And I would like, I would like, because I would like your comments, Mike. Watch the game if you can. So text me your comments. The Jets are going to get killed because they don't have the line of Hull, Nielsen, and Edberg. Can I tell you a secret that you only know because you watch this podcast? After I built the all-time Leafs team, I wanted to play them against the all-time Canadians for fun. Just like, you know, not not the top yeah. part of the tournament, but why not see what happens, right? An so, unsanctioned uh, game. What was that? An unsanctioned game. An unsanctioned game just because I wanted to see, like – Like Mystery about, Alaska against the Rangers. It was yeah. – no, all-time no, all Leafs versus all-time Canadians was a hell of a game. I hope they get to play each other. The speed was intense. The scoring was high because you do have a lot of firepower, even though you've got great goalies. Oh, yeah. You're looking at an all-star game type thing. And um, one, of the, Dryden. one of the teams won eight to six, which is way higher than wow. any, any, any game I've ever played in this thing. Um, and that would be the Toronto Maple Leafs. So in this particular game, so we'll see, they can play again, again, but I was, uh, you know, they won eight I'm six. I'm the Leafs in this one. The big controversy on this is, 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 and I want, I want your opinion in the chat room guys. Cause I, the, the, I'm really torn on this one is because in, in basically Austin Matthews is not on the team. Right. And now, cause the team was set up by Fungo and then I gave Mike, to be fair, I gave Michael Jello because he is such a – I gave him the ability to, like, veto a couple picks for his own right. to, to help the team. And he one of them he did was he took Austin Matthews because he doesn't like him as a player or a person. No, we stop. <laughs> stop. I'm kidding. I know I'm you love him. On the fact that he's played three years. The three. best three years of any – first three years of any Leaf. I know, but it's still just three years. According to Craig Button, he's not even as good as Dreisaitl now. I know. I, I please. I mean, That's another topic. You know, another I love Craig. I love Craig. He's a great guy. Every time I see him at the draft, or every time I see him at the combine, we always talk about things. You know, he he likes to say controversial things on the on the radio. I think that's part of his job, and I, I don't. I think he's the best by far. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that uh, statement, but he's entitled to his opinion. He's a very knowledgeable guy. He is, and I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I mean, he's obviously, you know, it, it's Drysdale is a great player, so it's hard to, to to deny right now that he's playing better than Matthews, perhaps. But and it's it's debatable, I guess. But anyway, I, I will tell you this: to fully take down that debate and really, you have to break down the whole game. How much of the whole game does Austin Matthews? What is he? Is he? Right. What is his impact on the entire game compared to Drysdale? I'm willing to bet Matthews has a better impact on the entire game than Drysdale. Right. I mean, you can't yeah. evaluate Drysdale when half the time they have him playing as a as a a trigger man with McDavid. There's a definitely a value the value differential there between Matthews, who's played center his entire career, and Drysdale, who keeps going back and forth between a wing and center right. because the Oilers are so have such a lack of depth that they have no other option. Because they don't have anybody else who can score playing with McDavid, so I mean, you know, whatever. So, but so, can we talk about some of the last night's games, Zach? Yeah, let's get let's get into. We're running out of time, so let's get into. We can talk about the games real quickly, but I want to get it. You talk about the games for a second, then we'll get into my topic real fast. Okay, well, um, all right, first, so stay away from the game we'll, we'll save the Leaf one to last. Then now Dallas, yeah. Dallas won two to one over the Senators. You know they're they're starting to pull out of that that crash dive, Russ, and and that, that that's the thing. I mean they they needed a couple easy uh, 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 opponents 
Senators are one six and one, exactly where we thought they were going to be. I mean, I don't think Montgomery's out of out of danger just yet, but you know, this is a good start. Now they've won a couple games over the last week, and maybe they're riding the ship. I, I think right. against the Flyers, it helped right the ship because, and I was just talking about this on Sirius because it wasn't, you know, Corey Perry was back. That was a big deal. He had a multi-point game against the Flyers. Then a guy like Lindell scored. They got a little fired up. I saw the relief on Ben Bishop when he talked about that being their first regulation win in the locker room. Right. That was a big deal. Ben was loose. So I had a feeling now that, that it has righted the ship. No matter how you win, two to one, whatever, it's still a win. But now they're going to start to string some together, I feel. Yeah, and uh, I didn't see a lot of the game. I just saw the highlights. But apparently Brady Kachuk – was pursuing Jamie Ben throughout the game, trying to sort of goad him into some sort of physical confrontation. I don't know if he's taking cues from his brother Matthew and trying to reenact the whole Drew Doughty thing with 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 Ben. Ben's not somebody you want to mess with. I really don't no. know what what Brady Kachuk is doing. I mean, I, you know, I guess he that care, Mike. you know that. What's that? He doesn't care. Brady oh, Kachuk. No. no uh, Good. Austin Matthews has ninety two even strength goals. Leon Dreisaitl, 86. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, I have not heard an update other than it was a high ankle sprain and not a break, but the video that we saw last oh, night yeah. with Miko Rantanen, I mean, I, I showed it to somebody I was sitting next to in the press box, and she almost threw up because uh, his, his, his lower part of his leg went the other way. And I, I thought for sure, just like last year, there was a high ankle sprain that Jack Eichel had in the corner um, that it looked like he broke his leg. I thought he was going to be out for the season, and it was a high ankle sprain. Sometimes high ankle sprains are worse than 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 broken bones. But well, Eichel, what was he back in, like 8 to 10 or something? Who, Eichel? Yeah, 8 to 10 weeks. Yeah, but the, the thing was, when he came back, he wasn't. He, he still wasn't. He wasn't Eichel. He wasn't the same player. Yeah. Oh, you're never going to be the same that season. There's no doubt. Right, and this is a big – I mean, I, I, Anaheim is 7-1-1 one, one right now. You know, they're a much better, much deeper team than they were last year. Colorado, you know. Or, I'm sorry, Colorado. I'm sorry. Um, but but the, but the, the, the loss of Ranton, and I'm not sure how long it's going to be, but, I mean, they're they're more capable of weathering that kind of injury. Oh, but yeah. Now that they have Padre and Burakovsky and Kale McCarr, they are more capable of, of weathering yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do already talked about the Flyers and the Golden yeah. Knights. Um, yeah. Now, at, I, I was at the game uh, in Toronto. Yeah, so let's um, get into it. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell now, and I'm, I'm going to write about this because uh, the, the Leafs play Boston tonight. Um, the Leafs have – they play 10 games so far. They have, they have allowed the opening goal – in seven of the 10 games. They're barely over 500 in those games. They've only scored uh, the first goal in three of 10 games. They're two and one. That is a chronic, chronic, chronic problem for this team. So what Babcock always refers to as starting on time. They never do. You can count. I mean, it's usually in the first two minutes that they'll give up the opening goal because they're comatose when they come out of the locker room. I don't get it. And then, and, and, and the funny thing was, I think it was Mitch Marner before the game yesterday, you know, basically expressing the confidence as well. We give up the opening goal, but we know that we're good enough to come back. That's not the point. The point yeah. is you're putting yourself in a hole all the yeah, time. Can we, yeah. Can I go? And I'm sorry, because this is just really pissing me off. Um, all right. So my blog today, 
And I don't, you guys know me. I'm not a troller. I don't, I don't go negative. This is not my world. I'm not like, I don't, I don't look for clicks by posting something like this, but I really feel that this is true. And Babcock is either being one of four things. He's either wrong, just wrong in what he's doing with this, with how he's handling these goalies. Okay. Okay. We'll say five things. He could be right. I'll give him a fifth thing. He's right. This is the perfect way to handle these goalies. Or he's wrong, or he's lazy, or he's wimpy, or he's manipulative. And my, my, <laughs> My take on this is actually, I'll tell you which one it is, but we'll get there first. So let's go through it. If he's, he's wrong in the opinion, I think that this is bad for the team to do. Like, obviously we talked about last night. Anderson is not, you know, he's not Dominic Hasek. He you put him in last night, you know, a game you're supposed to win. And you, because you want to get those points for sure. And then that sets you up for real failure. Okay. It's such a, because, because either you're going to win and everything's going to be fine or it's going to be a freaking disaster. Okay. Well, so that you can, okay. You can make the argument because after giving up two goals on the first two shots, Anderson was fantastic. He stopped okay. a breakaway. He stopped a breakaway in overtime. He was very, very steady. He had no chance on the tying. Yeah, no, and, and you know, and, and Columbus is a better team than people give him credit for. Okay, yeah, so but, but but the but the but the point was, and like we talked about yesterday, when you're playing a lesser team in the first of back to back. Uh, it makes more sense in my mind to play the backup. And Babcock said yesterday that, you know, what happens if you lose the goal, lose the game with your backup in the first game, and then you go into game two with your starter, but your team is tired. Well, okay, but now you're in a worse scenario because you've yeah. used your starter. Right. You played really good, then, but you didn't get two points. And now you're going into Boston after you've beaten them right. on Saturday, and they're going to be smelling, they're going to be, you know, smelling blood. And you got your backup in there, who I, I, you know, I don't think he's a bad goaltender, but the way the Leafs are playing defense right now, this, it could be a massacre. We'll see. I, I, I you know, who, who knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and the, so here's the so so you're right, Mike. Because if they win last night, fine, they won, they beat Columbus. Everybody expects them to beat Columbus at home. You know, even though Columbus is good or whatever, they win and they win, and that's fine. All right, but if they lose, then you are screwing with because all the goalie has in the NHL, like. Right, let's 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 take this part for a second. Back to back games. Let's just talk about back to back games. Yeah. Goalies. I play goalie. People even know a couple of people in our generation. Like, oh, I've seen you in person. You can never play goalie. The rest of the team, you play goalie. No, I, you can play goalie. It's I'm fine. not terrible. Correct. I mean, I'm not. No, I'm, you're not, not terrible. No. I'm maybe not quite as quite as thin as Brzezgalov was when he played. But you know, I'm, you're I'm better than Eddie Lack. I'm probably about the same weight as Eddie Lack now. Um. But anyway, <laughs> no. But no, I, I'm honestly. I can play and I'm not a great goalie. Okay. Good all. But I, but I played forever. I played for years. Okay. And, and the, 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 the toughest thing about goalie is, is mental. And there's no two ways about it. The hardest thing about the goalie being goalie is the pressure goalies face day in and day out. That is the issue with playing guys like Carter Hart when they're young. It's like, that is not that phys it's not physical. It's not like, it's not a physically, it's a physically demanding position. Sure. But it's not as physically demanding as as a forward or a defenseman, in my opinion, who's playing like a twenty minute shit, twenty minutes a game. That's that, and those guys. There's never a question at all if those guys are going to play in the second games of back to back, right? Ever, right? So if they can do it, why can't the goalie do it? If you if in a certain situation, so that to me is well, that act that that is purely the influence of analytics. Because okay, which, which brings me, which is remember that because that's a big part of my big part of my proof and theorem here. Okay. Analytics. Okay, let's talk about analytics. They say that in the back second games of back to backs, goalies who play both those games struggle. Okay, that they don't they don't do as well. Well, 
if we're blaming, should we be blaming that on the goalies or should we be blaming that on the fact that the entire team is probably tired from playing back to back games and they're giving up more, they're giving up better chances, more, you know, more, they're playing less discipline probably because they're not playing the system as well because mentally it is tough and exhausting to play back to back games. So to, to lay those back to back losses on the goalie is, is also equally kind of ridiculous. Okay. To me, that's my opinion. I play something I notice all the time. Yeah. If the backup in there and they give up a bad goal or two like Dan's did yesterday, even though the Flyers played a really good game, the play. other team tends to get frustrated. And you saw like all the penalties because they, yeah. they tried oh, yeah. too hard. Yeah. And that is a mental factor with that. If you have your backup in and he doesn't do well right off from the start, right. it's a letdown. Well, okay, so – Okay. Mike, you have a thought on what I just said? Or well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I'm like, I, I, I don't know what of those five categories is right. I can just tell you what, you know, what I've learned based on being around the team and my analysis of it. Frederick Anderson, the last two years, when asked well, ideally how many games that he thinks he should play, says between 55 and 60. He played 66 the first two years. Then played sixty last year, and yeah. he was, and he was injured. Why is that? Because Anderson's gotten hurt a lot. He doesn't want to get hurt again. And well, wants- I think also every hockey player wants I, to play every game. I think also act the fact is the games that he plays for Toronto are harder than the average bear. Because <laughs> yeah, he's too. facing forty shots a night because and, and he, he knows the pressure that's on him, and he also knows that is this the situation of the backup, right? So all right, so if he's wrong, if he's wrong, and that's just bad for the team, that's one thing. If he's right. Fine. I don't think. I mean, I don't think there's a wrong or right there. That's reference. But the other kind of motivations. Is he? Is he? Um, wimpy. In other words, is he afraid? Is he afraid? And and, and when people read this title, they're going to think that I'm taking shots at Babcock. If you read the article, you tell me that I don't ever think that Babcock has been wimpy, afraid, or lazy. I don't think those are three things that go with him. And in any of my experiences, at least covering him and talking to him. Those aren't things that I mean. The only time he ever saw that at all was when he said, "You know, there'll be years of pain and whatever." When he, but I think that was a general, general organizational mantra or whatever. So, yeah. All right. So he's not wimpy, but um, this comes off as wimpy because one, you're telling your team, you're telling your team something by doing this. Okay, you're telling you're telling that your team that just beat the Bruins and got two very important points from the Bruins last week with Anderson and goal when he stopped like 43 or 46 shots and played amazing. You're telling you're telling your team that those two points you're willing to just give them back, right? Like because essentially you're like and, and when you're playing when you're talking about the Bruins and the Leafs, there's history there that you might want to finish ahead of the Bruins. Okay, that's well, possible. Well, no, and and he said it last night. I I asked Jake Muzzin a question in in the uh, in the scrum after the game about you know after the performance against Columbus, which I didn't think they played particularly well defensively. Um, I said, you know, is there more of an emphasis now to play better defensively in front of Hutch Hutchinson uh, against Boston tomorrow? And his response was, uh, we have to play better defensively no matter who it is of course. in the goal. I mean, and that's, but that's what you say, but that's not. Uh, but I know mentally, okay, you're going to play harder in front of your backup. Yes and no. Okay. Because- but it doesn't always happen. But here's yeah. something else. Okay. As an example, like that time years ago when. Andrew Raycroft was with the Bruins and Mike Sullivan was their coach. Yep. He had played like, I don't know, 28, 29 consecutive games and said, yep. hey, too many. The yep. problem is a goalie can play back-to-back, but you have to watch and monitor a goalie because the minute they are too tired, right. then their 
everything starts going wrong. All yeah. of the way they play, the structure, all of that starts tailing off, and then you start getting lesser results, even if he's getting by with getting wins. And he that way last year with Carter Hart, remember, when he was going too many games in a row. You can get away with playing a goaltender in back-to-back -back games if it's somebody like Marty Bordeaux playing in front of the – playing being behind a defense that's smothering like the Devils because he's making shots a night. Let's right. bring up Andre Fleury. Okay, when I talk about goalies' confidence, who is the most confident goalie in the NHL? I would argue it's Mark Andre Fleury. I'd say him or Price – because those and those two, what do they have in common? They both will play in back-to-back -back games. Yeah. Um, and and so why is that? So why are they confident? You know, it's like when I think about this thing, it's like okay, Anderson doesn't want to play. That's one thing. No, I don't. I don't think he, he no, doesn't he want to play fifty, 50 games. Then you get the backups. No. But let's tell you what it is. I don't, I don't think it. I don't think he. It's not that he doesn't want to play. I think it's the fact that their goal is to win the cup, like a lot of other teams. But their goal is to right. win the cup, and they realize over the last three years with them being a playoff team that when he's playing sixty-six games in the regular season, he's gassed. At the end of the if you are forty shots a night. Hold on, I'm going to tell you this about Flurry because I've covered him his whole career. I know him really well. Yeah. I've spoken to him a lot. This is a guy that can literally wipe his mind clean and forget about everything and just focus on the next game. Proof in point, World Juniors. Like that goal could have crushed. Yeah. yeah. Giving a puck away like that could have proven that time and time again because he was screwed the way the Penguins handled him early on. Oh, and yeah. yet he still came up because they couldn't play him a certain amount of games or whatever. And it was a ridiculous scenario. And, you know, and he, he played through it. And he literally it. never looks back. He doesn't. Yeah. And he had some terrible games. Let's 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 face it. Mark Andre Fleury has some awful, awful games. Oh, yeah. Flyers Penguin series from years ago. Um, oh, yeah. He was but, a sniff. But so you kind of guys are both making my point here beautifully, which I appreciate. So the whole concept here is okay. So he's not he's not a wimp. Okay, uh, Babcock's not a wimp. But if you are if you're the Maple Leafs, okay, you want you are considering yourselves one of the top ten teams in NHL, maybe even top seven. And you're saying if you're a, if you're a, if you're a top seven. In, in a team in a league of 30, you know, you're in the top 25% of the league. And if you're in the top 25%, then there are games where you're going to play against lesser teams where you can definitely get that backup time. Right. Okay. Where you, you have the ability to put him in there at certain times. Right. But, but against the Bruins, that's not the case because if you well, do this against the Bruins, you are playing like you believe you are like in the bottom 25% of the league. Well, and, and okay. The, the Leafs have 14 back to backs this year. They I have. Know. They have they, they have four in point. They have four in October, and Hutchinson's playing four second of back to backs. Yeah. So at this point, at this pace, even though it seems to be like, you know, I, I know that essentially what Babcock has said is well, ideally I'd like to play Anderson 55 to 60 games, but it's a situation where if we're in the play, if we're in a race for the playoffs, you know, then I'm gonna play him because he's our best chance to yeah. win. Well, the point is, is that, you know, you had a backup like Curtis McElhaney a couple years ago, that, yeah. and that's not on Babcock. That's on Dubas that he decided to to, to let McElhaney uh, right. expose right. the waivers and go with Garrett Sparks, and that was an unmitigated disaster. Uh, which but, Babcock right now, but right now, they're on pace for Anderson playing 68 games and Hutchinson playing 14, and that doesn't work. But you want to point this out, Okay, I'm going to give credit to the Stanley Cup of Chowder because I didn't know this. 
A former great leaf, Chuka Rask, is going to play in this 500th game yeah, tonight. Yeah, he is. And he's going to play, and he's, you know, and they're going to go against him. Good irony right there. There's incredible irony there. And, and, but, and the thing is that the crazy thing is that the Boston Bruins are a team that can do this because they have they have Halak as their other goalie. Right, they, but they're spending $2.7 on a backup. Which is better than 700000 on a guy who's played 15 games in four years. All right. So to me, like, which is what you're doing with Hutchinson. Like you're looking at a guy who's won five games in four years. All right. You're trying to put him up against Tuka Rast tonight. Who's going for it in his 500th game against a a Boston Bruins top line that I think I heard today. It's will get is on pace to get 360 points between the three of them. It's like the ridiculous thing. But it's clearly not an ideal situation when you when you bring when you bring in Michael Neuverth in in the uh, and sign him to a PTO and he and he can't practice and can't play. They weren't a hundred. I don't think they were they they were hedging their bets in terms of who the backup was going to be. They moved Garrett Sparks because that was a non-starter. He was never going to play for the Leafs again. They have young goaltenders down in the in the minors, so those aren't options. Casimir Cascasuo, who's five and zero or four and zero right now in the AHL, he's not an option. And there's not an option in terms of it, they can't pick up somebody because they don't have cap space to right, do it. And now they can't. You want it to be the flip side though, and act, this does have something to do with like the starter working with the backup and and also having a great goalie coach. So, when has the Rangers ever spent money on a backup goalie in the Lundqvist era? You're talking about Steve Valaket. You're talking about Georgiev now. Even Cam Talbot for a few years made very little. Like you're, you know, you're not talking about them ever spending money on a backup either, but it didn't matter to them. It worked out. Well, and Lundqvist, yeah, it did. And it got lucky a little bit. But a couple of years they got, they had Lundqvist get hurt. I think with Alaire, Alaire gets a lot of credit. It did kind of matter when, you know, but they also had. Well, it did matter with, with Talbot. I mean, he saved the season. There's no question. Yeah, they had some, they had some, they had some good backups that, you know, they might not spend money on them, but they had, but Hutchinson is a known commodity. Like he's a lot more known, mm-hmm. known commodity. So, all right, so let's move on to. Let's continue well, let, me, let, me, let me just one add, add one note because Russ mentioned Tuka Rask, because I'm sure in the building tonight will be Bruins assistant general manager, John Ferguson Jr., who gave him away. So yeah. it's it's perfect that he plays his 500th game for somebody other than the Leafs. And then Rask. Justin Pogge, I think, he's co- I think he's cooking in Helsinki right now or something like that. I don't think Rask would ever put a Leafs on, right? Like Rask was ever even in the, in the Leafs locker room, right? I mean, it's like, because he was like, it, he was he was traded by Leafs, but he, I don't think it ever actually was ever part no, of it. No, no, he was a first round pick and he was supposedly the best goaltender. He, he, ever play, he never played a game for them, right? Right. No, but, no, no. Not for the big club, but he was probably at a rookie camp. Yeah, yeah. probably was. All right, so that's fair. So anyway, here he, but Lund, and Lundqvist has Lundqvist also another goalie who plays back to backs. Um, so the oh, yeah. um another cop because he's thirty seven. No, that's a little bit fair. He's thirty seven, but when he was younger, he was definitely playing back to backs. All right, so if you're afraid to win because you think you are, but you're one of the top twenty five percent. If you're afraid not to lose, I'm sorry, because I hate that. I hate coaches who coach. The fear not to lose. That's a big pet peeve of mine. And it's like, don't, that just doesn't work. Okay. And it, that's what, that's what they're doing here. That's what they're doing by, by they don't, they want to get two points out of these two games and they think that it's easier to get out of Columbus. You're going to play the better goalie and that's it. And that's how it's going to play out. And that now granted all those things you said about the back-to-backs, remember they, and, and he's on pace to play 68 games, but they, they are better than three quarters of the league. So there's, there's going to be times when you could even play Stark in two games in a row somewhere. I'm mean, not Stark, but and even play Hutch, Two games in a row somewhere, and 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 get Anderson some significant rest. That's all possible, um, but right now, 
as your team is like, you know, coming off of a streak and doing pretty well and having confidence, they are going into tonight to get in against the Bruins, you know, even after, even if you didn't know what happened yesterday, but now you do that they lost. This game is a really important game for the John Maple Leafs. And yeah, this, this game could bruise their psyche for a little while in if they way. lose the game. In a big way. So, so now this brings you to his next thing. Is he, is he wimpy? No, I don't think so. Is he lazy? All right. No. And, and again, he's not lazy, but this comes off as lazy because the second I hear Babcock saying, well, you know, that the stats guys say, you know, that, you know, the, the, the computer stats guys, whatever, say that the backup, you know, the guy plays the second game is going to be the second I hear Babcock using that I crack up like no one's business because that is the last thing that Babcock believes in, in his heart. He is like, he doesn't. He is not. He is not a Corsi type guy. And for him to actually use that to, to support his argument is insanely funny to me. If it was up to Mike Babcock, he would play Frederick Anderson eighty-two games. No, he wouldn't because he's a smart guy. Yes, yes, he would. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely would. But he, but you know, I know that again. The analytics portion of the Leaf organization, they have a goaltender coach and Steve Briere. They, yeah, I know. they plot out what. And yes. that's lazy again. They plot out the fact that this, these goalies are set up ahead of time. Well, you should, to me, you should plot it out. They're, no, not, they're not alone in that. That's the whole thing. No. Other teams. No, no, no. no, no, no. Listen, to be completely fair about this whole thing, we're using the Leafs as an example because it's current. Other right. teams are doing the same thing. Okay, so I'm not. I'm just saying. You should plot it out. No, yeah. I don't. you should plot it out in a rough way. Okay, but at the end of the day, unless there's injury. I think you should plot it out to the or somebody gets hot because the, the issue with goalies is that you can get a hot goalie and you ride a hot goalie. And yeah, you, but you know what? In the first half of a season, riding a hot goalie is not necessarily a good idea because you don't want the other guy to get stale while you're doing it. I don't believe All in right. it. Well, there, but let, 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 let me just quote, let me just quote uh, a, a former Leaf, Carl uh, Koliakovo, who's a radio host in Toronto. Yeah. yeah I think he, he says it the right way. He says, all this talk about which goalie needs to start, which game needs to stop. If Freddie Anderson didn't play last night, they don't even have a chance to win that game. That Now that's on the team. And Babcock and Muzzin both called their team to task for right. taking a lot and of stupid that, penalties. And, you know, and, and uh, don't use it as an excuse for this goalie situation. That's like... No, that, but, but he says, just accept that Babcock won't change his ways Players need to play a lot better in front of whatever goalie plays. And that's the thing. He's going to do this second of back-to-back. It's always going to be the backup. He's going to start Anderson in front of the fresher team in the first of back-to-backs. And he hopes that basically he gets three or four points. Do I yeah. like it? No. I think it's – I will say this. I want to tie my thing up real fast. So I, I, I'll right. let you tie it up. I'm going to say this, Zach, before you tie it up. Yep. If Kyle Dubas doesn't like this – Kyle Dubas should be a lot tougher with Babcock and say, hey, we're going to do this one more time. If this doesn't work, I may do something to, to get us out of there because I don't like it. Well, and then, and that's the thing. That's my point to agree. Go ahead, Mike. After, after this weekend, and uh, Hutchinson will have played four games. If they lose to Boston tonight and they lose to Montreal at the Bell Center in, uh, on Saturday. Oh, Lord. They're, so they're going to play him on Saturday night in Hockey Night in Canada. They're going to go back to Hutchinson again, right? Yeah, because because they're playing San Jose on Friday and they're going to play Anderson against San Jose. So if he, he goes 0-4 and, and they get one of a possible eight <laughs> points, Hutchinson. I mean, freaking. I, I, I don't curse. I, don't I, would, I really want to right now. What the 
You know, come on. I would play. I would have played. I would have played Anderson against the two division teams that you play against. That, yeah, that, I'm going to do this. You should do that. At least you should oh, do that. Mike. You're do that. Because and also because you losing to Montreal is that home? No, that's on the that's at the Bell Center. But but they played Hutchinson at home against Montreal. Uh, or the first week of the season after after they played Columbus on a Friday night and Anderson played on the road and they won that game. So they got they got three of a possible four points and everything was beautiful. So think about oh yeah, yeah everything was beautiful. And then then yet the players, you know I mean, like, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. No, I know what you're saying, but oh, if, wow. if if I know anything about I know Tavares probably better than I know Matthews or Marner. But if I, I Matthews I know Matthews pretty well to know that he's a the Matthews and Marners are competitive bastards. I mean, these guys are like, these guys are completely, and all, and I know, I know John Tavares is as competitive as anybody I've ever seen. They want to so, win every game. So yeah. So when they're going against Boston, they don't want their friggin' they don't want their friggin' backup in there. They don't. They no, but, but, but you know what? I, I, I do agree with one point. If you want to win every game, if you want the points play better, and Babcock said it yesterday. Of course, of course, that's true. That's yeah, you, they're, play, they're playing. They're playing terrible defensively right now. They've admitted that they're, you know, Marner and Matthews were out there for those two goals early in the first period. They have a defenseman on their on their uh, on their roster who does not belong and has not belonged in the NHL for three freaking years. I know. But they, need to believe, they also need to believe in their goalies. Okay, like like a deep, the big thing of the defense has to do with believing in your goalies. We saw the Flyers. Better get defense get a lot better when Carter Hart was in there making some big saves. It's like it changes but things. Now, although now it's the opposite this year. I know. Playing, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I will say this, Mike. If with Hutchinson, if he gives up a goal in the fifth, first minute and thirty seconds, something like that, there is an inevitable like uh from the team, and it exactly. takes to get over that. Sure. I I completely agree. No, and then maybe he comes out and kills, maybe he shuts him out tonight. You know, hockey's a weird sport, but like everything is that way. So this brings me to my final point, which I think you guys have both kind of made without even maybe realizing it, unless you read my story and are made and are doing it on purpose. You know, we didn't read your story. Actually. I know you didn't read my story. So I think Mike probably did because it's, you know, because he's a good guy. But here's my thing. <laughs> um, not you, Russ. I guess. Working in my yard. I, I must way more important. The weeds are way more. I understand. Um, all right. So. So I wouldn't ask that of you. That's way too much. All right. So do enough as it is. Thank you. Um, all right. So here's the thing. If he's not lazy and if he's not, and if, he, and if he's not wimpy, which he's not, then he is manipulative because what's, hap what's happening here is a couple of things. This is his way of telling Dubas, I hate both of my goalies. That's how I see it. Like, and I know that's pretty harsh, but he, back up. well, no, he bet he doesn't love his starter either. Like, so to me, because, because you know, if you loved his starter, he he could make a bigger argument to play his starter against Boston and his backup against Columbus. That's what you would do. But if you if you love your starter and you wanted to reward your starter for what he played against Boston, you would do that. Um, because start because goalies are get really personal about the fact that if they don't play against good teams, they don't like it. I mean, starting goalies are they really hate that. So what he's doing here is he's telling Dubas he's making this whole thing public so that we talk about it, so everybody else talks about it. So Dubas goes out there and fixes this. Well, the, that and that's the problem because they, they maybe they tried to fix it with no, adding Neuvert. That didn't work. Uh, they don't have the cap space to be able to bring in another goaltender unless they trade or or buy out. They and they can't buy out anybody. So they're they're really stuck with Hutchinson, and they need Hutchinson to come through. 
I see. I don't, I don't pick up on Babcock not liking Anderson. I think he always talks Anderson up big time. I mean, yeah. I like him, but does he like like him? <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he likes him. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not in the back room, so I can't tell I mean, you. I just, I don't, and would and would he have any reason to be like, this is the greatest, this is the best goalie we could possibly have right now? Because he doesn't. I mean, he, Anderson has been solid, but he, Anderson hasn't won the big game for them yet. And that's in part because of the way that they've used. And of course it has to do with this. You want to be surprised? Uh, when Martin Gerber was the backup for Anaheim, Babcock played him 22 games and 32 games. Now maybe one of those times was in our, but the 22 games, that's, that's a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. So he must've liked Martin Gerber. He liked Gerber. So that was the difference. I mean, he really, Gerber was, and Gerber was, you know, he was, he was a, a pretty good goalie. Yeah. And went on to become a, a good goal. I mean, he was a good goalie, right? He was always a backup kind of, but he was like a one a a lot. Yeah. He was a one a. So, I mean, and he could play, you know, there was no, this is different than Hutchinson. Who's like $700,000 goalie who's played five times. In but, but just, 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 just think of it this way and I'll end on this. Okay. Curtis McElhaney had one of the best backup years of any backup in I'd say like the last decade he did but that was any play he played I think 18 games 21 and, and he only played he only played games that weren't back to back because Anderson got hurt at the end of the year I think he tweaked a groin and I think one game they gave him extra rest Babcock has consistently only played his backup in seconds of back-to-backs, and he basically chased Jonas Enroth out of town three, three, three and a half years ago because he sucked in four games, and he said, I can't deal with it. So right. that's the reality. And by doing that consistently, by doing the same thing all the time, what do you do? You lower the pressure on yourself because you aren't making a call. Like he's not making a call in any of these games. He's not going out there and saying, well, you know, this is Boston, so we probably, this is Montreal. We should probably play Anderson. No, because I've always played the backup on the second. A backup. No one's going to criticize me in Toronto media because that's what I always do. And that's where I say lazy. Because that to me, that and that's why I say because you can't do that all the time. And it, you can't do anything all the time. With goalies, you can't. It just it doesn't work that way. Goalies are a different kind of breed. You have to play off of who's playing well. If Anderson, say Anderson had like a, I don't know, like 120 of the last 21 games against Boston. I know he hasn't, but say he has. Is you're, you're seriously going to not play him against Boston tonight? You're going to play Hutchinson because it's a second of a back-to-back game? That's insanity. All right? There's things with goalies you have to look into. And I so that's why I think because Babcock is incredibly smart. I think he's manipulating him. I think he's manipulating Dubas and saying and making him and embarrassing Dubas by having this goalie situation going he's, on. He's, he has done that in the past with Dubas when it came to yeah. I'm the fourth line center. I need this and I need that. And Dubas last year didn't give him the fourth line center yeah. and gave him Nick Patan for right. home. And then Nick Patan now is on the trade block because Babcock yeah. has played him two or three games. And that's one thing with the fourth line center. It's another thing with your goalies. Okay. So it's like when you do it with your, if he's really doing this with his goalies, which he might be, because he might think we're going to make the playoffs. So I'm but I get, we got to get better goalies. The only way I'm going to do that, obviously is if I, if I show them that we can't, that they can't play. The, the me, I think that when that's, that's the most likely scenario in this whole thing. Um, because Babcock is smart, crazy smart, and has been around for a very long time. And there are, and he's also a crazy manipulative. Like he was, he did this in Detroit too. He did this in Toronto. He manipulated his way into Toronto in a lot of ways. Um, so uh, from Detroit. So I mean, this is all possible. And I'm, you know, I'm just saying. And and he's not the only coach who's doing this. I think it's ridiculous all around. But that's uh, that's my opinion. I'm sticking by it. If you don't agree with me, please comment on it. Okay. Um, if you agree with Mike, just leave it alone. Um, but if you agree with me, comment on it in the comments in the YouTube video here. Um, and uh, and if you want Russ to read my blogs, you should tell him. 
because um, you know, kind of hurts my feelings. Um, but that's all the time we have for today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you soon. Three thirty, guys. Twitch. <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.